Say this with me. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. And if you know me, that was not an easy thing to do this morning because it was cold this morning when I got up. At 6 o'clock this morning, walking into the church building, it was 55 degrees in the building, and it was 31 degrees in the car, so I figured it's warmer in the building than the car, and so I got in here, got ready, and so I figured this afternoon, since we're not having community Thanksgiving service, I'm going to turn the TV to the Travel Channel, put on the world's top 10 best beaches, turn the heater up to 85, and turn the fireplace on, and sit back with a Dr. Pepper and enjoy life this afternoon. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So I'll give thanks in all circumstances, but I'll change my environment to one that I like. Amen. And so I want to challenge you today as it's T31 Community Challenge Day. Um, if you have your Bibles here, open it up to Ezekiel chapter number 37. That is Old Testament book, the book of Ezekiel. So start flipping through your Old Testament. When you find Psalms, it's the biggest book in the Old Testament, largest book in the Bible. Turn a little bit farther. Um, I guess it would be to, from your right hand. Start flipping that way. You'll find it here just shortly. There's several chapters in it, so it's not hard to find. So Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse number 1. And the title of this morning's message is called, Death Valley Community Church. Death Valley Community Church. We're going to read about a church that was placed in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nothing, where everything was dead and drying, and how a people of God began to rise up because one man went out in the middle of it and began to prophesy life into the middle of death and watch what God did and it did an amazing thing. So Ezekiel chapter number 37, verse number 1. The Bible says, the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and the valley was full of bones. Everybody says bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Everybody say very dry. And God asked me a question. He said, son of man, can these bones live yet again? And I said, sovereign Lord, only you know. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones. Everybody say, dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter into you and you will come to life and I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin and I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know it is I, the Lord. So I prophesied to them as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound and bones came together, bone to bone and I looked and tendons and flesh appeared upon them and skin even began to cover them. But there was no breath in them and then he said to me prophesy breath prophesy son of man say to it this is what the sovereign lord says come breath from the four winds and breathe into these that were slain that they may live yet again so I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath entered into them and they came to life and they stood upon their feet a vast army and he said to me son of man these bones these are the bones of Israel they say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone we are cut off Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring them up from there and I will bring you back into the land of Israel. Now y'all may be sitting here thinking, what in the world does that have to do with us in Sulphur Springs, Texas? Obviously it's not bone dry outside because we've been getting rain for the past three weeks. But can I tell you in a spiritual sense, we may be fighting the very same battle that Ezekiel was fighting. 
When God brought him out from his place of luxury, from his place of comfort, from his place of where everything was familiar to him, when God got him out of his box, out of this box, out of the bigger box, out into the middle of nowhere where there was a place of no life, no life on them. And God gave him specific instructions on what to do. You know, I believe many times the church, we come in here and we experience life. We experience the breath of God. We experience the spirit of God. We get touched immediately. We get changed eternally. We have the spirit of God living on the inside of us. But the issue is the spirit can be alive in this building. But if it's not alive in our community, we're not going to make a difference. Amen. Now, I want to ask you a question. When you go out today to a place that's not a church building, that's not a safe place, that may be out of your comfort zone just a little bit, I know it's not too far out of your comfort zone because I know how much we all go out to eat, so you're familiar with the places, but you're not familiar with these places as a place of ministry. You're familiar with these places as a place of you getting overly ministered to in the physical sense, (laughs) amen? So I wanna ask you this morning, If we're going to make a difference in our community via T31, via 31 days of thankfulness, and the first week we talked about oxygen mask and having God fill us and change us and being thankful for what God's done in our life, and then we had him be thankful for our family, and we began to change our marriages, change our kids by being thankful for our family, and then we started talking about getting outside of our little box in the church and building bridges and being thankful for what God's done in the church, and then last week we talked about our careers, and I pray that you took the career challenge and God changed your workplace. Well, today, let's take it one step farther. Let's take it out into the community. Let's not be ashamed of what God is doing in our life. Let's not be ashamed of the Spirit of God on the inside of us. Because if we're going to be a church that's going to be alive and have life in the last day, we're going to have to be a church with a different spirit about it. Amen? Amen. See, Ezekiel, in chapter 37, verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out to a a desert place by his Spirit. We're going to have to be a church with a different spirit about us. When we walk out of here, you can't be grumbling. Can I get an amen? When we walk into the restaurant and you got 50 church members before you, you can't be complaining. And so I told my wife to slip out at altar call and go get us a table so I don't really got to wait. Amen. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If we are going to see a difference in our community, In Death Valley Community Church where Ezekiel was. In Sulphur Springs, Texas, I notice a lot of similarities. I notice a lot of people with the semblance of where life used to be, life in them. There's a semblance of it. We see the bones, the bones that were all across the valley of the desert floor. And he walked back and forth among us, among them. He saw great mighty bones. And God began to ask him a question. Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel didn't even believe they could. But he gave the good church answer and said, oh God, only you know. He said, oh God, only you know. Well, I'm not asking you to have this mountain moving faith this morning. I'm simply asking you to give God a chance this morning. I'm not asking you to do something that you feel completely ill-equipped to do. I'm asking you just to give God a chance. Don't close the door on God because when God's got an open door, God can begin to move in by his spirit and he can make a place full of dry bones stand up and be a vast army if a church will give him the chance. Can we give him a chance this morning and say amen? So I'm going to ask you, can sulfur springs come to life with the power of God? Like never before, because we choose to be different at lunch today. Say amen. Amen. See, I want to challenge you. Some of y'all are thinking, I never viewed lunch like this. Well, I'm not asking you to go eat. I'm asking you to go minister while you eat. 
I'm not asking you to go have a banqueting table full of nachos and, and salsa and everything else that you would normally get at whatever restaurant you go to and forget the Lord your God when you go in. I'm asking you to make the Lord your God paramount when you go in and you make it a specific focus to do this when you sit down to pray over your lunch. Ask your waiter or waitress, what can I pray with you about? Some of y'all are like, oh, Lord Jesus, you said you weren't gonna test my faith. I'm, not, I'm just asking you. I'm asking you to step outside the box. If we're gonna be a blessing, it's going to take us bringing life to a lifeless place. It's going to take us, the body of Christ, bringing life into an area that has none at the moment. It's going to take us believing not in a city, not in a community, but in a God who wants to touch a city, who wants to touch a community. And I say, God, why not Sulphur Springs, Texas? Why not right here? Why not right now? Why not us? And why not start with TWBC? Amen. I'm ready to see God do a movement. I want to see God do a movement. I long to see God do a movement in my day that is unparalleled to any movement we've ever seen in the body of Christ. I long for it. And God's simply asking, will you go to lunch and be a witness? Will you go to lunch today and have a good time eating, have a good time fellowshipping, but don't miss the opportunity that you have? And, and Ezekiel answered, oh God, only you know if life can come back into this lifeless place. He didn't shut the door on him. He didn't close the door on God. He gave God an opportunity to move. I'm gonna ask that you be open, open your hearts and your mind today to give God an opportunity to move. And then God said, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the, Lord, the word of the Lord. See, T31 challenge is about this. It's about bringing life into a dead place. It's about bringing life into a lifeless place. It's about bringing life into an area that has no life. And you may be saying, Pastor, I'm not a prophet. I'm not Ezekiel. God didn't call me in the middle of the night and bring me out to Death Valley Community Church in the middle of nowhere to walk across dry bones and, to say, and ask me the question, can these bones live? You're right, you're not Ezekiel. You're right, you may not have the gift of prophecy, but if you'll remember in, in week number one in Oxygen Mass, we talked about thanking God for past victories, thanking God in the midst of your circumstances for what you're going through, and, and watch how God brings uh, victory because you're thanking him in all things. But then we talked about something different. We talked about standing in thanksgiving. We talked about thanking God by faith for things that haven't happened yet, like they've already happened. I'm gonna say that again. We talked about thanking God by faith, thanking God for things that haven't happened yet, like they've already happened. Those of you who are single, you ought to be thanking God like you're already married. Come on. Those of you who are broke, you ought to be thanking God like you're already debt free. Come on. Those of you who are in depression, you ought to be thanking God like you ain't depressed and you got the mantle of joy resting on your life. Those of you who are struggling in, 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 your, in your marriage somehow, you ought to be thanking God like you got the best marriage ever. See, oh, I hit a tough point there. <laughs> it's like, amen, <laughs> I'm believing. See, husband didn't want to say it loud because, what, you think our marriage ain't good? Wives didn't want to say it loud because it's like, what, are you saying our marriage is bad? <laughs> really? Just start thanking him by faith. I'm going to ask you when you go out today, even though the bones and everywhere you're at look really dead, look really dry, and it doesn't look like life can come into any of these restaurants, it didn't matter what we did. I want you to start thanking God like it's already happened. I'm thankful that when we leave here today, Juan Pablo's is in revival, Chili's is in revival, Redneck Roadhouse is in revival, San Ramos is in revival in Jesus' name. And I'm going to praise God like it's already happening, even though I don't really see anything yet, because the God told Ezekiel, start talking to the bones like they're alive, even though they look dead still. See, God said, just give me an opportunity. 
Romans 8, we talked about this verse, the God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. It's the same thing. It's called what we call standing in thanksgiving, thanking him by faith that it's already done even though you hadn't seen anything moving yet because when we start bringing life, God has then the ability to begin to move like we've never seen him move before. Now, I wanna encourage you this morning that you better get your thankfulness hat on before you leave this building because all the way there, somebody's gonna try and knock your thankfulness hat off. Y'all seen my post last week? I think we need to make a four-lane road from, FM, from Highway 11 past the church. Wasn't God of the church 10 minutes and something tried to knock my thankfulness hat off, having to wait in line. I guess I left earlier than normal or something. Or we just had more people than normal or something. And I'm gonna ask you to start putting your thankfulness hat on right now because before you leave here, you're gonna walk out this door and have the opportunity to complain how cold it is. Come on. And y'all, if you know me, I'm gonna have to zip it. I'm gonna have to zip it. God said, Joel, you better leave here thanking me this morning because I will walk out that door and start complaining how cold it is. Ready to get in my house and turn the heater up to 85. Amen, thank you, Jesus. Put on top 10 beaches and watch Travel Channel for the afternoon. See, if you don't put it on now, you're not gonna thank him when you're out there. And I need you to start thanking him by faith that the waiter or waitress you're gonna minister to at the restaurant when we leave here, that God's already prepared their heart. Thank you, God, that I get to change a life today at lunch. Thank you, God, that I get to change a life. And you wanna know what's gonna happen? You're thanking God that you're fixing to go change a life. God's gonna change your life. There's gonna be a life change today, and it may just end up being you. It may just end up being your life. But let's go on with the story just a little bit more. And he said, prophesy to these bones, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is, and this is, the, and this is the, what the sovereign Lord says to me, to these bones. I will make breath enter into you, and life will come upon you. God wants us to bring life into dead places. When we begin to honor God by being thankful, God begins to bring his life. When we begin to honor God by being thankful, God begins to bring his life. Have you ever been in a work environment where everybody was just grumbling and complaining? Have you ever been in a work environment where everybody was thankful? Which place had life? The thankful place. Have you ever been in a church where everybody was grumbling? And have you ever been in a church where everybody was thankful? Which church has life? I'm challenging you to honor God with thankfulness. Be thankful that you just got a restaurant to go to, amen. Be thankful that we don't just have four to choose from on a regular Sunday basis. We got a multitude to choose from. And be thankful that God has us here in this time, in this day, in the middle of Sulphur Springs, Texas, whether you personally like being here or not, when you start thanking God for in the midst of the circumstance where you're at, God begins to bring life. I used to be the world's worst about complaining about Sulphur Springs, Texas. Now I begin to declare it's the greatest place in the world to live. I did, I used to be the world's worst. You may ask my parents, man, when I was 15, 16, man, the minute I graduated, I was moving out of this city. I was moving out of this county. I didn't like it here. I was like, man, this place is horrible. I'm the only one in my family who ain't ever left. <laughs> only one in my family who ain't ever left. And I mean, I, I would complain, yeah, you drive across Ray Hubbard Bridge and you turn your clock back 20 years because we don't, we just ain't there. <laughs> Tell me I ain't lying. Come on. But there's a good thing about turning your clock back 20 years in a lot of situations. And when I began to thank God for where I was at in the midst of the situations that were going on, 
God began to give me a heart for the city I lived in. God began to give me a passion for the city I lived in. I used to call it Suffering Springs. Now I call it Sulphur Springs, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I began to declare what God said about my city rather than what I thought about my city. And it's given me the personal opportunity over the past seven years to bring life into our city that I would have never had the opportunity to do if I would have sat there complaining and been ungrateful and not thank him for what he called me to do. But I began to thank God in the midst of all the stuff I didn't like about my city. I began to praise him. I began to thank him. I began to declare that we are the light of the world. We are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And two years later, I was put in charge of a conference where over 500 people got saved right here in our city where over 3,500 came through a five-day conference and people got saved. Two years later, I was put in charge with another guy and we developed a a team around us that 3,500 people gathered together in the Hopkins County Rodeo Arena because we didn't have a venue big enough for anything else. And we did a whole 30-day campaign with over 30 churches involved called One Month to Live and God did a mighty movement. Last year, we had a phenomenal men's conference. Dr. Tony Evans came in. Shane and Shane came in. Over 1,800 men showed up on Friday night. 1,500 men came back on Saturday morning. Can I tell you, when you begin to thank God, God just says, I need an avenue to bring life, and your thankfulness is that avenue. And God will move tremendously. So if you don't like where you live, start thanking God, and he'll give you the ability to change where you live. Ezekiel didn't like Death Valley Community Church, so what did God tell him to do? He didn't tell him to leave. He said, you begin to prophesy. You begin to stand in thanksgiving even when there's nothing to be thankful for. You begin to stand in it and watch God begin to move. Watch what begins to happen as he stands in thanksgiving. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Now, some of that terminology, I want you to just throw it out the window. Read it like this. Stand in thanksgiving for where you're at. Son of man and woman, stand in thanksgiving where you're at. Say to the place where you live, this is what the Lord says, Come, breath from the four winds, breathe on these who are slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered into them, and they came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army of the living God. Now in this process of standing in thanksgiving, there's something that's gonna take place. Some movement's gotta begin to occur. Listen to this verse. And so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. There was a rattling, and these bones came together bone to bone, and I looked around, and tendons and flesh appeared upon them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Now, I wanted to read the other verse first, and then this verse, because there's a distinct difference between movement and life. There's a distinct difference between movement and life. Notice the one group, God says he prophesied, and bones started moving. And they started rattling and they came together bone to bone and they began to come together. And so you got this skeleton just just laid there on the ground. And then you had tendons come upon them and flesh come upon them. And then they began to stand on their feet. See, you can have movement but still not have life. I do not want us to be a church with a movement without life. We can have a lot of programs, we can have a lot of propaganda, we can have a lot of great preaching, we can have a lot of of praise and worship, and we can have a lot of things that are considered movement, but if there's not life in it, let's not do it. I don't want to be a church without life. I don't want to be a church that just is responsible for a lot of movement. I want to be a church that brings life to our city, life to our families, life to our marriages, life to our kids, life on every front. That's the church I want to be. And we've settled in Hopkins County way too long for movement. 
We'll go from, from the, the, the fastest growing church to the fastest growing church and we'll compete with the fastest growing church and the most contemporary church and this church and that church and, and we're looking at all these other churches that are creating a lot of movement but when are we gonna be a church that says forget a bunch of moving parts, let's focus on God bringing life because we can have everything together and looking good, y'all. I mean, we can be standing on our feet as a vast army of God. The problem is, we can be the biggest church in our city and have no life in us at all. That's the scariest thing to me as a pastor, that we can sit here in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> That's where our church is located, if you haven't figured that out yet. The middle of nowhere, outside the city limits. I mean, people still asking where for directions where we're at. <laughs> the middle of nowhere, and we can build the biggest church in our city in the middle of nowhere. And Damon, we can have no life in us. Is that not the scariest thing to you guys as staff, that we can put all this hard work and effort and we can end up, Jeff, with a church with nothing, just a lot of moving parts, that's a great social gathering? Oh, God, help us if we're a social gathering. Oh, God, help us if we're seeing a lot of movement take place but no life in us. Oh, God, help us when we come to the point that we're happier with a big service with no life than life and no service. Breaks my heart when I think about it. But listen to God, what God says, if we can just get something moving, if we can get something moving by speaking life and standing in thanksgiving, when the parts start moving in it, God says, don't give up on it. Because moving parts aren't necessarily bad unless you let them stay there with no life. Now, when we, got a, we have a church with a bunch of moving parts in it. I'll, I'll go ahead and fill you in on that. We got a church with a myriad of moving parts, and praise God, it's only by his grace that we're able to keep up with everything that this church does and how God's blessing every single week, and I'm so ecstatic about it. But the one thing that we as staff and elders will not settle for is to be a bunch of moving parts with no life. So we begin to speak life into our church. We stand in the area of thanksgiving that we're not the typical church. We are the calling, we are the lampstand of God in this region where the life of God exudes from, where God begins to explode in unparalleled ways, not because we got a bunch of movement, but because in the midst of movement, there's a bunch of life, that connections are made, that baptisms happen every single Sunday. And I remember three years ago, uh, we sat down with some of us in, in leadership and everything like that, and we began to say, what is y'all's dreams? And I remember one of mine specifically, specifically was this. God, I want to see somebody baptized every single Sunday. Speak life into it. It's happening. I remember the days we were praying, God, just fill this building to capacity once a year. <laughs> now it's filled to capacity every service of the year. Life. Bring life. Because listen to what happens. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man. Say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, come from the four winds into these that were slain. They stood up that they may live. And I, so I prophesied as he commanded, and, they, and breath entered into them. And they came to life, and they stood up a vast army. And as we bring life, God doesn't just stop with movement. God begins to breathe on it and make it alive. When we become a vast army for his kingdom, God can do amazing things. But I want us to not quit there. This last verse is the most disturbing to me. This last verse, verse 11 says, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. And the bones still said this, after they were risen up, after life was into, into them, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. And I began to look at that. And I began to see churches in this community that we have an amazing community where churches work together that a lot of them really do have life in them I really believe that a lot of them have the spirit of God in a, and, and we're doing mighty things that's how we can get a, a Methodist church and a Baptist church and a non-denominational church to put on a community Thanksgiving service all on the same night all with perfect peace happening in it I mean there's something about that but the problem is 
when they began to stand up the city, everybody still began to say, our hope is still gone. Our hope is still gone. So throughout this whole message, you may be asking yourself, what is the meaning of life that you keep talking about? Pastor, what is the meaning of life that you keep saying, bring life into a city? Why? What is the meaning of it? Because if we are a church with life that does not produce hope, we may as well not consider ourselves a church at all. If we are a church that says, hey, we have life, but we are not bringing hope to people who say our hope is completely gone, well, let's change who we are as the church because the job of the church is to bring the hope of glory, Jesus Christ, into a lost and dying world where Jesus can touch them immediately, change them eternally, and per- produce something on the inside of them that will propel them to the next level in life. Amen. It is the job of the church to bring hope to a lost and dying community. It is the job of us to bring hope to a place that says we're hopeless. It's the job of us, the church, the body of Christ, to bring hope to a place with no hope at all. Listen to this startling phrase that I've heard several times. The only time people ever die is when they have lost all hope. The only time people ever die is when they have lost all hope and there is nothing to live for. I don't want our community to rise up and say, I know we got 132 churches in the Hopkins County city, or Hopkins County County limits, how many we have 132 churches in our county last count and that was a year and a half ago so I bet we got more than that now 132 churches will say in this county and we can't bring the hope of God to this county church we're going to change something today you're going to change something today you're going to bring hope to a waiter or a waitress that couldn't be in church this morning you're going to bring hope to them today you're not just going to walk in there with life you're going to bring hope because many people work on Sunday mornings because they feel that their life is at an ending point and they can't, do, they, they can't get by without working Sunday and they say, I don't go to church because I gotta work on Sunday and if that's the case, so be it. But many of the times people say they don't come to church on Sunday, it's really not because they gotta work, it's they would rather work because there's no hope in the church. They would rather work and make money because we hear money is the main reason for divorce and if I make a little more money, pastor, I can fix my marriage because the church has offered no hope in marriage restoration. Because 50% is the divorce rate in the church, 52% is the divorce rate in the world. There is no difference. Let's bring hope. Let's bring something that our community has never seen or never experienced this morning. Let's bring hope.